This is a warning in regards to the upcoming episode. The conversation entails sexual abuse. If you are or have been a victim of any type of sexual abuse and you have not healed, I encourage you to only listen to this episode in the presence of a mental health therapist or a trusted friend. Again, this is a warning that the upcoming episode entails a conversation in regards to sexual abuse. If you have not healed from sexual abuse or you may be triggered, I encourage you to only listen to this episode in the presence of a trusted friend or a medical mental health medical professional. She's a best-selling author and life coach, obsessed with helping women to silence their insecurities, build healthy boundaries, and fearlessly pursue the life and career of their dreams. Join her as she provides you with strategies and real-life tips to create your best life. Welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I have with me the amazing Erica Bohannon, and you are going to be in for a treat. I came across this young lady while listening to a different podcast, and her story and the gems that she has to share are definitely going to inspire, motivate, and equip you to move forward in your own personal journey. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello, Erica. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello, Marianne. How are you? I am woke on this weird, awkward day in Ohio. <laughs> it's like 66 degrees here, and it's just very bipolar. So <laughs> I think the weather has like has been like that all throughout. So let's get started. Tell us your name and a little bit about yourself. Who are who is Erica? So I am Erica Bohannon. Um, I'm a 34-year-old Ohio Dayton native from Ohio. Um, I have a 14, 15. Whew. See, time is fine. 15 year old son named Chase, spelled with a C and not with an S. And I have a dog named Maximus Prime, um, affectionately named after Optimus Prime from Transformers. <laughs> I'm an avid foodie. Um, uh, I work in the field of early childhood education. That's my passion. Love working mm. with children and families. And um, I'm an avid foodie. Like, am I like, my second life, probably, or former life, I used to be a chef. So okay. <laughs> that is a little about me. Awesome. So when I heard about you, it was through a different podcast um, that I you know, was listening to. And your story just resonated with me and your power to just be open and transparent. So let's talk about that. Can you tell us about your transformative event that changed your life and how you have healed from that. So um, let me first preface this with, um, or let me ask, I should say, do you want me to go through my story? And I'll be happy to share that. You can. You. Okay. Cause it kind of helps give some context. Yes, definitely. So um, I was molested from the age of 8 to 12 years old by my sister's father. And um, I was born, I would say fatherless daughter. Had a dad, but he wasn't present, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, any of that. Um, but throughout the process, so from 8 to 12 years old, me being molested, um, 
I have really not a lot of recollection of, you know, what happened. I do have, of course, details, vivid details, but I'll keep those personal mm -hmm. um, in case I don't want to traumatize anyone um, with that. But um, I remember having some difficulties with being able to process through, you know, what happened and not having an outlet. Um as you can see, I am an African-American woman <laughs> and um, in our community, traditionally, um, it's shunned upon to get therapy or to ask for help or, you know, the I call it the independent woman complex. Mm. You're so strong and don't say right. anything. They'll sweep it underneath the rug. And so a big piece of my journey was just quiet, keep it hush. And I remember being in seventh, I think it was sixth or seventh grade. Um, I was in class and there was a teacher, um, can't even remember her name, but she introduced me into just reflective writing and I loved it. Like mm -hmm. I grabbed onto it so much so that I started to create um, like poems in a journal just to be able to express myself. Um, I used to have that journal. I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> Hopefully it blessed somebody else. I right. <laughs> but um, I had this journal. I would just write and write and write, write and write and write um, because that was my safe space. Um, and then it just transformed into, you know, prayers. So I would write prayers in these journals because I just felt like I needed to be able to get this out. And it went from prayers to um just me having like deepened in my relationship with God. So it developed into an intimate relationship with God where I would just take my Bible and sit on my floor. And I still do this to this day, sit on my floor and I have my journals and my Bible right next to my, my bed where I would just journal and write and just spend time with him, allowing for him to heal me through his word. And so, um, from that, that time span, I'm 34 now. So from, that time span, I've uh, created purposeful journals and planners. Um, more focused right now on the journal aspect and helping people um, get to know themselves and develop intimacy through reflective journaling. So that's mm -hmm. just like a little bit about me, but or a little bit more about where how I started and where it's where it is right now. Yeah, so you definitely shared a lot. So let's start unpacking. Did you ever feel, you know, especially because you mentioned that you have a relationship with God? Why me? Why did this happen to me? What's the reason? And how did you work through that? Yes, that's a great question. That's a really great question. So in the beginning, um, you had to think about like, so when you're eight to 12, and I think just our brains are pattern seeking, our brains are built to protect us and keep us safe. Um, and so, yes, I did question that asking like, why? So why did this happen to me? Why did my dad decide to, you know, want to be involved and engaged? Like, why did this man think that it was okay for him to, you know, present himself as a safe person in the family and then turn around and do things like this? Why, 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 why? Um, and it wasn't really until, um, I had went through three stints of, um, therapy. Now, when I say three stints, I mean, like, trying to find the right person for me. Mm -hmm. um, and this third person right now that I'm working with, I've been working with her for two and a half, almost three years. And um, it wasn't until I really got what her that I started to see life, my perspective, and things shift. Mm. Yeah. 
And how did you work through that? If you can go a little bit more into details, because, you know, for somebody that might be listening that has experienced something similar, some type of trauma, abuse, and they might have been a believer, but then something happens and they're like, okay, God, you know, why did this happen to me? You know, what is the reason? And why didn't you protect me? Why didn't you intervene? What would you say? That's a great question. So um, thank you for bringing it back around because sometimes I can get <laughs> of it. So thank you for bringing it back around. So how did I work through it? Um, it took a lot of me sitting on my floor mm-hmm. and just pouring my heart out. I would say community, um, being in community with people who were have went through a similar situation, um, allowing me to be able to have conversations with them about raw, like where I am in that process. Um, I can say that um, it took years for me to get to that point. It's not always the same for everyone else, but it took a lot of me breaking down words. So I'm a big like person who big on words. And so God would give me a word and I would go to my Bible and I would just like dig into scripture and start to allow for him to reveal, you know, the whys behind it. Why did this happen? So I do have a, like a, not a legit, not a, a answer that makes sense for me that he gave to mm-hmm. me. And I'll be happy to share that. Mm-hmm. Um, it took another way that, or other things that kind of helped me to heal through that process was of course, journaling, just journaling and writing it down and, you know, writing it until I felt like I arrived at a space where, you know, I was, he, I noticed that I was healing, going back and rereading what I wrote, um, having conversations with my mom and, you know, family members who were involved in that process uh, of when those instances occurred. So talking with them and trying to, you know, working on forgiving them through that process. I think that has been the biggest thing in my journey is learning the true meaning of forgiveness. Um, and that has been transformed formative yeah um i would say also like you know having a child too at the same time i was a a teen mom um although that was extremely difficult um it helped me to really look at myself and say as for this household you know we will as for this household we will serve stopping that generational Mm. from happening you know although I have a son it's not saying that that couldn't happen to my son right I stopped it there and then also you know helping other family members because I found out once I opened up my mouth to start you know my healing because I believe in opening up your mouth to receive that healing um other people in my family who experienced the same thing they also were healed too Mm. so you mentioned the relationship you know with your mom how did that happen? You know, how were you able to talk to your mom, you know, your sister, because it was her dad that did this, you know, how, talk to us about that. That's a great question that I've not been asked, but I'm excited to answer. Mm. This part has, was the most difficult part. Mm. So for a while, like I'll start my mom and then I'll go with my sister. So for like a while, my mom and I, it was I held a lot of resentment towards mm-hmm. her, um, primarily because I, you're taught 
that your parents are like in your in our minds we're like they're superheroes they can do anything they protect us from anything right and so my perspective was you know you're my mom i thought that you were supposed to be there you were the the person that was supposed to protect me, supposed to keep me safe, supposed to do those things. And in that key phrase, if you hear me say supposed to, um, I didn't realize that my mom had went through some traumatic experiences where she could not, you know, stand in the gap for me as a woman. You know, I, I went as far as to thinking about, you know, my mom, how many children she has. She had three children, you know, out of wedlock struggling because we lived in the project struggling to take care of us also you know how could i how could she be there for me and she didn't learn to be there for herself Mm. that opened up the door for you know some forgiveness for me and there were times where you know we would attempt to have these conversations and it wasn't always fruitful um there was sometimes shut down because you know some for some people it's not easy for them to have those conversations um and i had to give her a lot of grace and space to be able to arrive at that point to be able to have a conversation with me because she was she would be having those conversations out of an unhealed space which means lashing out and guilt and shame and you know those types of things so we had to work through our own separate journeys to even arrive at that point Mm -hmm. i can say you know, for my sister, um, she's my younger sister. Um, there's still some healing that needs to be worked through with her. Um, and it's interesting because we had a conversation that just came out the blue this past year that um, I just had to hold space for her. You know, it was very random, hold space for her and allow for her to get out what she's been feeling without being critical or judgmental of her. Um, and it also just, it was it was interesting. I say divine because I believe that God showed me myself at her age and what she was going through. And I just had like compassion, you know, just like, dang, you know, I remember being there and I know what that feels like. And it's tough. Like it's tough. But um, I think that we are still trying to work through that individually and trying to figure out a space to get together to be more cohesive. Mm-hmm. I can truly say that I'm further than what I used to be, but I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a process, you know, and just, you know, just thank you for being so open and so, you know, vulnerable because talking about it is healing for ourselves, but it's also healing for someone else because it gives them the strength, you know, to know and the power that they're not alone. And they can see that you did it, you know, I did it. They can also do it too. You know, and I like the fact that you shared, you know, that your mom had her own journey and her own issues to work through and that she was not the person that you needed for her to be at that time because of how she was raised and things like that. You know, talk to us a little bit about that if you can um, in regards to, like generational, because, you know, you mentioned you're, you know, African-American, I'm Puerto Rican, and we share a lot of similarities when it comes to that, because I remember my experience, you know, when I finally was able to open up and talk to my mom, her reaction, (laughs) and it still like chokes me up a little bit, because it was not 
what I needed it to be or what I expected it, you know, to be as a mom, as the protector. But then I learned things, like you said, you know, I learned things about her and she was not able to be who I needed because she has her own, you know, things to heal through and work, you know, through. So can you talk to us about, you know, that a little bit? Yes. Yes. You are asking really great questions. <laughs> I love it because like, you no, know, these are questions that are very uncomfortable and even mm -hmm. like, you know, for the viewers, even as, you know, Marianne is asking me these questions, it's not easy always yeah. to answer them, but I promised myself that I would be mm -hmm. vulnerable and transparent. So, you know, for my family, um, like I said, there were many people who went through this, this instance. Um, and it was extremely, like, there was something that you said about my mom that I wanted to harp in on, um, that she wasn't the person that she could, she needed to be for me in that mm -hmm. moment. I think if I'm speaking for my my family that I grew up with in that household, there were a lot of different issues that they had to to go through. The, you know, when something, when an uncle or whomever comes over and he's that that type of individual, you know, you shun it. Don't say anything. He's allowed over. Give this man a hug um, if he asks for one. Basically, disregarding your boundaries and for the sake of someone else. Yeah. And that was something that I learned, you know, people pleasing, those types of things. Um, but I want to stick back to what you said about, you know, my mom and her uh, not being able to hold space for me. I think a big piece of it for her was she had held on to that space for so long. She didn't have the words or capacity or tools to be able to help her help me or help herself, um, which was a struggle, I think, for our relationship and meaning the relationships with the women in our family, the women who went through these types of things in our family, which caused it to be a struggle to go to, to be able to even seek or ask for help, to believe and have faith that you can be healed and are, and are still constantly healing through that process. Um, I want to ask if you can refresh me one more time so that way I can go a little bit more deeper on your question. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned, so how did you get to the understanding and acceptance that yeah. your mom was not the person that you needed? I think a big piece of it is just sitting back and become a mom, becoming a mom was what helped me to understand that's a really great question. Like, how did I even get to that point? There was a point in my journey where I think I might have been like late 20s, early 30s. And I was just talking with one of my good friends and I there it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like she was this age when I was this age and I'm this age right now. And I'm only have one like, you know, how difficult that had to be to like have to raise three kids and have to deal with this traumatic experience and nobody's here to talk, help me talk through it. Therapy wasn't a, you know, a great idea for our community because people thought you were crazy and all this yeah. other, you know, stuff that comes with going to therapy, but it helped me being a mom 
helped me to understand what it's like to be my mom. Mm. You know, because I realized that we were very, we were much more alike than we were different. And although I wanted to pretend that I was different and I'm what's it going to be like her when I grow Mm -hmm. up, you know, that whole, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to, no. The whole things travel with you when you that is so home. true. You, you find yourself saying the same thing, you, you sound this, like it sounds the same, you move the same, and you know, you think that making these big, huge changes are going to change the little. Remember, I was said earlier, our, our brains are built to protect us, and our mm-hmm. brains are pattern seeking. So I was I was repeating the patterns of my mom. Yeah. unintentionally mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I took several steps back to be able to say like identify like oh my goodness I am doing these things like how do I like how do I create a new pathway you know how do I choose what's healthy for myself so that way my son can benefit from it so that way my mom could you know also see that she can choose the same pathway too um it's so many layers that comes with that when it when we talk about that. But I'm I'm we're working through it. You know, and that's beautiful that you say that because you're still doing the work. And you know, for anyone of our viewers that are listening, if they themselves have gone through something or if they know someone that has gone through something, it's never too late. It's never too late to heal, it's never too late to do the work, and it's never too late to forgive and move forward. So shifting a little bit, let's talk about the forgiveness part. Okay. Because, you know, forgiveness, you know, we've heard it before that it's not for the other person, it's for yourself. So you're able to move forward. So talk to us a little bit about your forgiveness journey and how did that come about, you know, and what are some tips that you will give to, you know, our viewers that may be dealing with something that they need to forgive? So it is so interesting, Divine, that you asked me about this forgiveness journey. So <laughs> I thought that I had forgiven my mom because I simply just said that I forgave her, right? Um, was taught that that's all you had to say was I forgive you. Um, and it was extremely difficult yeah. to be able to let that go because I felt like that I was letting go of my own power when I chose to forgive her, like I was saying to myself, like, I'm just excusing the behavior. Oh, this is okay. Um, Her, there was, let me rewind. So in a part of my story that I did not share was that when my mom found out, um, when I shared with her that my sister's father was molesting me, she told me to just hurry up and go back to bed. And that was traumatizing you know, for me. And so when she did say that, when she was like, carry up and go back to bed, it was almost as if it was just like emotionally shutting me down. And so when you asked me, you know, how did this journey of forgiveness start? And initially I'm saying to myself, like, how can I forgive somebody who, when I shared that I needed you to show up for me, that you were very dismissive Mm you know, of 
showing up for me when I needed you the most. And this was not just the first occurrence. This was another, like many different occurrences where, you know, emotionally I needed you to stand in the gap for me and you had nothing for me. So in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, how can I forgive somebody who just dis is so dismissive of me emotionally? And that there is what made it the challenge. That's what was the challenge for me. And so in the journey of learning how to forgive, I needed to understand what forgiveness was from God's perspective and not from my wow. own. Not from the world's perspective of forgiveness, because, you know, we live in a day and age where social media tells us how to forgive. It's a three step cure. All you got to do is do this, do this, this. And that's not how forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not linear. It's not a you climb. a. It's not step one, step two, step three. It is you could be on step five and knock down to step one and then jump to step three. And then you might just toddle on step three for a little bit. Uh, But. Literally, that's how it's been for me. There are times where I'm just like, I think I'm rocking it out. I'm killing it. There are other times where I'm like, that's where one. But um, I had to learn what forgiveness was from God's perspective. Um, and like you said earlier, forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's to release me out of that mental, emotional prison that we keep ourselves in, that bondage that we keep yes. ourselves in. To be able to say, you know what, although this situation sucks, although this person did not have the tools to keep me safe, specifically speaking about this instance, although this person did not have the capacity to be there for me, I'm choosing to let go because the bomb, the healing bomb of forgiveness is so much sweeter than Mm. um, holding your hands tight like this and not letting that that. It's not even about the person. It's the the actual incident go and replaying that incident over and over and over and over. And so I had to go through recreating a new story, a new pathway for me, Um, not being a victim and being victorious, not staying in a problem, but trying to find a solution on how to be able to, to arrive at the place of forgiveness. And so I did a lot of studying about what forgiveness is. And there was something in my Bible that I just read a couple of days ago that reminded me of this is for he gives. Like, what does God give and replace up? He gives us duty for our ashes. Mm-hmm. You know, just reminded myself of what he's given me in place of what I'm releasing and letting go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, fast forward to this past year, creating purposeful journals and planners. Um, I created a course on forgiveness because I felt like, well, I believe that that's a huge piece of caring for yourself. Yeah. I mean, we we talk about self-care and your nails done and hair, things like that. But no one talks about the work of the inner work of your heart, the inner work of forgiveness, the inner work of letting go. And I believe that forgiveness is a lifestyle. So I became a student in my own course. Uh, forgiveness um, is called the journaling to healing forgiveness course or a week mini course um, and in that process I learned a lot you know I thought I was I thought I knew a lot about forgiveness until I had to study it a little bit more <laughs> until I had to study it a little bit more and so you asked me what are um, three things or a couple of things that I can share with our audience about forgiveness is really learning God I would say 
if anything is one thing is getting God's perspective on forgiveness. If you are a believer, learning God's perspective on forgiveness, um, it's refreshing because it's not what you think it is. It's not about, you know, you relinquishing your power. You know, actually, it's you gain power. You gain a new perspective. You renew the thoughts that you have about what forgiveness is. I think that's the biggest thing that I can share, if anything, is really digging deep on what forgiveness is through the lens of how God sees forgiveness. And if you look at the cross, then you think about the steps that goes to, you know, him, Jesus Christ going to, you know, be hung on the cross. That's a clear, clear indication of forgiveness. Like somebody who was willing to give up his life for somebody who he knew would reject him day in and day out. Like, how can you not forgive someone when someone went up to do that for you? And I think that's what helped me. And that is continuously helping me not to just forgive her because there are times where I'm triggered, even like in my relationships, you know, platonic, Mm -hmm. intimate, I'm triggered. And I have to remind myself that it's those former wounds that are trying to come back up to take me captive, but I'm not a captive. I'm not in captivity anymore. Amen. Amen. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your journals. Let's talk about a little bit, you know, what was the reason behind, you know, and you kind of alluded to that, you know, you started writing when you were younger and stuff like that, but what led you to creating the journal and where are you today on that? So, um, I am passionate, of course, like you said about journaling. I love journaling. I love to be able to sit with God and journal. And so that is where, well, aside from that, but, um, also being able to develop intimacy with God. I believe that this could be helpful to, you know, women. I first thought it would be women of color, but I'm realizing that it's so much bigger than that. Um, And so out of my love for journaling, out of my love for writing, out of my love for being in relationship with God, Purposeful Journals and Planners was was birthed. Um, And it was birthed to help heal people, create connection, community, and a safe space, create safe spaces for women to heal within the privacy of their own home or in community with people who are like-minded and wanting to heal. So where I am right now, it's actually, it's been one year since Purposeful was birthed. So I'm super excited about that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so um, we've done three events. So we did a forgiveness hike. I think it was uh, towards the end of the summer where we went and uh, hiked together in Ohio. And we did an interactive exercise, an interactive journaling exercise where we talked about, you know, where some things we were holding on to. We used a rock to be able to write those things down. And then we did um, a release. So we got to release that rock and that weight. The rock resembled that weight and why we were releasing it amongst women who were, you know, carrying some similar weights. Um. We did a yoga journaling and brunch event um, where we, you know, worked on healing our inner selves, um, stealing our bodies, and then talking about that, you know, how did that experience affect us in a positive or it could have been a negative way, either way. 
Um, and then we did a bonfire in October where we just sat amongst a bonfire, roasted some marshmallows, had some community time with women and just talked about, you know, the same thing, forgiveness. Like, where are people at in this process and how has it affected them? And, you know, where are they at in the journey? How are they moving forward? So those are three events that we did. And so as far as like the journals right now, I created a, um, a forgiveness journal that has a mini course attached to it that's guided through me. So we're all sitting on Zoom together, having that conversation about what forgiveness is, why it's so important, and how do we practice it every single day. And then, right, I'm working on a self-care journal um, right as we speak um, and some other little things that I'm working on too for next year. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. So is there anything as we get ready to wrap up that we have not talked about that you would like to mention? Um, I would just say when you're working on, I mean, sexual abuse is, it affects everyone differently. For some people, it's difficult for them to talk about. And for other people, it's, it's easy for you to let go. Give yourself a lot of grace and space. Um, be kind to yourself. And I'm speaking to myself when I say this, because that has been the hardest part for me is to be kind to myself, to love on myself. Um, give yourself that space to be able to spend time with God um, or whomever you believe in. Spend time in working on healing that internal self, because it's such a rewarding process um, and others benefit from you being in a healed and healthy space. And when I say others, I mean the people who you love and the people who you connecting and talk with. They get the healed version of you and not the version of you where it, it's tough. <laughs> um, I would say give journaling a try. Um, it's not something that is is a huge huge commitment but there are huge benefits from it um and i would say connect with a group of women who are a safe space where you can open up your heart like marian said you know when you start to open up your mouth you share your story story you begin to heal not just yourself but other women connected to you and you never know you might heal some people in your family too but that's pretty much all i have to say I love it. So as our my last question is, what is a fearless tip for our audience to work on, to hold on to in 2022? The fearless tip is for, I would like to share is don't be afraid to do the work. Don't be afraid to do the work. There's, I always say there's this circle of comfort that we stay in. Be brave be courageous, be vulnerable enough to step outside that circle. Because on the outside of that circle is healing, it's growth, it's all of those different things. So don't be afraid to do the work. Thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode. And because this was a very uh, sensitive um, episode. If you needed to, you know, take a break, come back to it, that it's good. Your mental health, your wellness is the biggest priority. And as Erica said, 
forgiveness is a lifestyle. Deep dig into God's perspective on what forgiveness truly means. Get therapy and give journaling a try. As always, remember that you are a priority and you matter. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you found this episode inspiring and motivating. Don't forget to leave a comment so you can win a fabulous prize at the end of the month. You can leave a review on iTunes or you can head over to YouTube or my Fearless Living Coach page on Facebook if you are an Android user. And as always, remember, you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority, and you matter. See you next time. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.